0: Welcome to Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head, rent-free. This is episode 139. I am Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis, sitting in the captain's chair. All right, Clanton, you called down the thunder and now you got it. You see that? It says United States, Marshal. Wyatt, please don't kill me, don't (laughs) kill me. Take a good look at him, Mike. Because that's the way you're going to end up. The cowboys are finished. Do you understand me? I see a red sash. I kill the man wearing it. Now run, you cur. Tell all the other curs the law is coming. You tell them I'm coming. And hell's coming with me, boys. Uh, The boys is for the guys here. You guys should know that line. Folks. Hey, what's that from? (laughs) Tombstone, boys. Yes, sir. Tombstone. One of the two great movies about our subject this time that were made right around the same time. Uh, And they were competing studios trying to outdo the other one. Uh, Both of them were excellent pictures. Uh, One was more of the adventure. The other is more of a biopic about Wyatt Earp. In many respects, the man who represents in modern today consciousness. The Wild West. Which is kind of ironic because it took a while for that to happen. That's exactly right. We're going to talk a little bit about that here. Uh, he's uh, since, his, since his ascendancy, which took place right after he died in 1929, America has been fascinated by this guy. And he is a fascinating guy. He's been portrayed, especially, especially right off the bat, as this quintessential hero. And he's really not. The real no. man was not. He was a flawed man just like all of us. right? And and Uh, some of his flaws were greater than than many others.
1: If uh, I can be allowed, I'll sneak in the Trevor Slattery right here. It's complicated. That's right. That's right. It is very complicated, but that's what's so fascinating about
0: it. That's why I'm wanting to lay him out as a hero because he's well-known, not as well-known as he could be, although both of the two movies from the the early 90s, Tombstone uh, with Kurt Russell who I did a Terrible job of imitating, but I wasn't really trying to. Uh, as, uh, as the titular character, and actually the better biopic with Kevin Costner playing him in Wyatt Earp, which was literally like that next year. They nail it. They nail it. They nail it exactly right. They don't. Uh, Wyatt Earp lays it all out. They don't skip really much of anything. Uh, whereas Tombstone is a point, discrete point in time that doesn't contradict anything. But it doesn't tell his yeah. whole story. Yeah, I mean, the it's a thing... major. <coughs> Sorry, I just wanted oh, okay, to okay. say, uh,
2: you know, the thing about the other one about Wyatt Earp, the movie, mm-hmm. is it has one major flaw.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It does not have Val Kilmer. It doesn't have Val Kilmer.
0: Which, which I, I, it, I,
1: it is an amazing performance. It's it really Doc is. Halliday. And
0: Dennis Quaid probably nails the true Doc Holliday better, to be honest. He's more accurate to the man. He's this dark defeated Confederate who is dying of tuberculosis, and he's not the flamboyant, in your face, quip stating, although he does do some of that. that Kilmer just, he made that role yeah. his own. Is it accurate? Is it less accurate? Yeah, it's less accurate to the real man. Uh, he's, he's, but it's not wrong either. Yeah. Because they don't contradict
1: anything. Well, and Holiday was not an army veteran. Not at all. He had not been a confederate so No,
0: he was from Georgia, though. So he had sympathies there.
1: Yeah. But the thing about Tombstone, they hint at a lot of the unsavory elements, but kind of let them slide just a touch. Well,
0: because they are the heroes of the story, and they need to be portrayed that way. Wyatt Earp brings the flaws in along with it, and they recognize this guy is not... He is... Brutal at times. He is unsavory at times. And they were kind
1: of a do-anything-for-a-butt
0: crew. And and his life reflects that completely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was they, a, they he was, was a, the, like a
1: boxing referee at one time in the 20s. Uh, and that and, was later.
0: I mean, uh, he actually did that uh, early on out west uh, when he was a very young man. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had done that. And the, in the uh, Kevin Costner movie actually portrays that. And that's one of the one of the moments where he actually, and those are all based on facts. We have the stories, they're dramatized, but ultimately uh, the fact that he, Barton uh, Cove plays the actor, guys named Ed Ross, that they that got into this fight because he, he judged a, he stopped a fight early and Ross lost money and almost killed Wyatt Earp. Uh, and he, uh, he, he wouldn't take any of that though. He, he had a temper and he throws a billiard ball, hits the guy, uh, knocks him down, takes his guns, just like it shows in the movie. That's all very real. Uh, and that's one of those moments, you know. that of course it's portrayed up dramatically in the movie, uh, that he recognizes, you know, I'm not going to take anything. Yeah. They, they show it as like a coming of age. It was really not that way. He was already there. Uh, and he's, he's a fascinating character. And that's one of the reasons I like him so much. He kind of got, by default, this exemplification of yeah. the American West. Uh, and it's kind of like Davy Crockett kinda got by default this whole the Alamo business and all that early eighteen hundreds.
1: You know, a couple of things. One he had the good fortune to survive well into the movie age. That's right. And two, uh he ended up married to an actress who understood how to tell a story. That's right. And so once they started kind of peddling his story and got Stuart Lake to bite, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and this book got published it, Boom! It, it took off it, 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 it was a phenomenon. the phenomenon. That he, it, era of the Western is really kind of the this fertile ground for the the new motion picture industry. Oh, but
2: ironically, only one movie about his
1: life was made
2: during his life. That's yeah. right. So I mean, you know, for all of his involvement yeah. in Hollywood with
0: uh, what was going as, as an advisor, knowing Tom Mix. That's uh, right. Which that. had a lot of that. And, yeah. uh, you know, it says at the end of the movie that at Wyatt Earp's funeral in 1929, Tom Mix wept. That's very true. That's very accurate. In fact, there was a rather little-known movie made not that many years before Tombstone with James Garner and Bruce Willis uh, called Sunset, which tells that story. James Garner is the old, aging Wyatt Earp, and Bruce Willis, who was in the ascendancy at that time, is Tom Mix. And it's about this unlikely friendship these men develop as Tom Mix is making these movies. And it deals with De- Earp's death and you know how it really affected Mix. And it was... Yeah. That was kind of the beginning yeah. of all of a sudden the western is an ascendancy in a, in a burgeoning Hollywood and Earp becomes this prototypical lawman. Yeah. In many respects he is the model for every lawman western picture that came after that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's and a lot of that's powerful. again hugely mythologized. Very much so. Um, you know, even all, even when you start to really dive into and trying to find real things about his life, um, they're elusive. They're, well, I mean, it is the West, and it is a lot has been, a lot of records and people made up stuff and this and that. There has so. been,
0: but Earp scholarship has actually got pretty well developed because with enough time digging and a lot of folks looking for that, because he became interesting to people. Most of this has been established. Yeah. Uh, and Stuart Lake's biography was the start of that. But it was very, I don't want to say edited, because it really wasn't. It's all true, but it was sanitized. And thats that was his yeah, wife, right. Josephine Marcus. It's made to
1: put him in the best light. So, generally speaking, though... Their families from Iowa. Mm-hmm. I I don't think Wyatt was a war veteran, but the older brothers were, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. T-
0: yes, he's two older, James and Virgil, and in the Costner movie, speaks of this. They yeah. they themselves and the were, dad too, right? Uh, no, no. But he was a Union sympathizer because he was a little bit older, right? Nicholas they're Smith.
1: they're all, they're Union veterans, a Union family,
0: very much so from yeah. Iowa. Nicholas was a lawyer. He was very politically connected in this area yeah. too. So this is something that builds into the piece. And Wyatt is just young enough. He's sees he's just you know a an early teenager when the war ends. Yeah. And his brothers come home. Uh, of course, you know, the herbs had a slew of kids. Most of them boys. Uh, and all of them are featured in the Costner movie. Uh, yeah, because there's Warren. Warren is the young one, played by a very young Jim Caviezel at the time. Mm. That's right. He it's a, it's a fairly big yeah, part. So
1: Warren, Morgan, Virgil, Wyatt.
0: James. And James. James is the oldest. Yeah. And, and then Virgil. And then there's a bit, there's a sister in there too. I cannot remember if there's more than one. Uh, and they were really, for, that, that familial yeah. unit. That's one of the things that makes Wyatt Art so interesting because, and the costume movie brings this out. They talk about, uh, they, they meet Ed and Bat Masters along the way and they talk about they got another brother. He says, that's all you got? Just one more lousy <laughs> brother, you know, because he's got you know, like, know It's a huge family. But yeah, it's a huge family. Uh and uh Nicholas Earp eventually, played by Gene Hackman, by the way, fantastically. Uh they moved to California. There's yes. a restlessness in the Earp family. Right. They, it's they're all over the place. Yeah, they
1: they move on from Iowa looking for work, looking for whatever chasing well, chasing whatever's happening they're looking town to boomtowns right. they're they're looking
0: for the big score yeah that is endemic That's exactly yeah. part of that Erp mindset yeah. is they're always looking to get rich quick
1: again that is hinted in tombstone with oh well we now we, we're winning all these mine claims from, from these guys in Tombstone. That's right, yeah. Because
0: they they're, they're deliberately go to Tombstone. That's very accurate. Yeah. Uh, because so they, they think that there's money there. Yeah. Uh, and they can but, do uh,
1: Kansas, they thought there was money there. And they mm-hmm. they kind of... Well, even after all of the, the, the stuff of the Cowboys is over and he reunites
2: with Josephine, you, know, you would think, from the way the movie Tombstone ends, that they stay in California. They don't. She goes with him and they go all over the West. Oh, yeah. Boomtown right. to Boomtown still. So he is still. Doing that's right because that. even she, after
0: he's hooked up with her, even though she's part of the Marcus family as a Neiman Marcus. Oh, I didn't realize that, that's, that was the, that's the connection. Family. She's Jewish too, which is that's not a you know that's not a well-known thing because she concealed that most of the time because yeah. that's not it always, would have been
1: very alien in the West. That is correct, I mean, and but she doesn't have as much things.
0: money as you might imagine because they keep looking for this score. Everywhere yeah. they go, they get involved. He they move, they are in San Francisco for a while. They they end up in Los Angeles, uh, and they go north of the Gold Rush to Alaska. Oh yeah, and that's, yeah. there's a brief moment in the in the Costner film. That's kind of how it ends. And it talks about how as he ages, he's always looking for that big yeah. score, uh, and it, that's one of the reasons. At early on, one of the things that really makes him the true grit person that he ends up to be the hard-ass, which in Tombstone, he's not written that way. Kurt Russell doesn't play in that way. He's, not, he's written as this reluctant guy who's trying to find peace. Yeah, that's not wide herb. That's that's really that's that's Hollywood. That's totally inaccurate. Leave truth. me
1: alone. I just want to make money. No, it's exactly. I so don't want to get involved here. We just want to make money. That's right. Is that stone. is
0: not accurate? That's one of the few. Well, except for
1: the wanting to make money,
0: and they do do that. Yeah, that's right. right. But this business of I'm not going to be involved. We're finished with that. Don't you see what's happening here? Those lines. Yes, yeah, that's totally inaccurate.
1: They, because to, to make a dime, to yeah. make some money, you want to be connected. Well, that's right. their, their history is, get connected politically, that opens up the doors to making money. And they do this by,
0: by being law lawmen.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, the thing you have to remember about being a county sheriff,
0: uh,
2: which is, seems to be the job they went for the most, yeah. uh, at least in, in uh, Arizona, when he was there uh, trying to be the sheriff, county, county sheriff in uh, whatever the county was that Tombstone was a part of that was about to be broken off, yeah, yes. uh, he got 10% of the tax receipts.
1: Yes. So it was a very lucrative a big position. Yeah, yeah. because of, that was the point of those jobs, is yeah. to collect taxes, and you got to keep a piece as your salary. Right. He
0: was actually city, is what he was good in Tombstone. He was the city, yeah. Uh, city sheriff.
2: In, yeah, that's when they first came there. But right. the, he was actually yeah. later
0: sure. yeah, because right. sheriff. After, because after John Behan had right, had yeah, gone Cochise County
1: right. split off from, I think it's Pima County. Yes. Something like that. Yes, But uh, there's a lot of these positions out there especially in a, in a new territory, and part of this, again, is they're used to being connected politically, and they are union veterans, and they are Republicans. Yeah. And there is a contest for control of these new Western territories of, no, we've got to get there first and establish everything because we want these to be Republican places because... That's union. We, we can't let the Democrats in here because that they're, they will drag rebellion in.
0: Well, yeah, because Democrat equals Confederate equals rebellion. Yeah, at and this the, point, the, the, this yeah, is in the, the Clantons, 1880s, yeah, yep. and the Clantons were very much that, and they yeah. were they were essentially the local mafia. Yeah, uh, the, but they were the Confederate side, and yeah. in, in many respects, the, the Urps trying to insinuate themselves into the the local. Uh, municipality as union people, so it is a. It was a, in many respects, the entire and it's encapsulated, of course, in the gunfight at the OK Corral, the famous yeah. one. But the actual conflict was much longer than that. Yeah. Uh, the both movies talk a little bit about that. Well, uh, I mean, that was hardly the uh, climax of that movie. The you know it showed
2: that the conflict went on and on. Well,
0: absolutely, both <laughs> movies did that. You know, yeah. it, the the, the <clears> gunfight <throat> actually takes place about halfway, yeah. which is that's new for movie portrayals of Wyatt Earp because neither of those movies, they may be the best known and they're, they're, they kind of image us today, but that story had been done four or five times. Hour of the Gun. Hour of the Gun, which was me, James Garner again, uh, playing Wyatt Earp again. And is
1: Robert Ryan in that one? Uh,
0: no, that's Jason Robards plays Doc Holliday in Vincent there. Jason Robards, and yeah. Poorly, in my opinion. Yes. I've seen it. It's just not that good. Uh, my Darling Clementine is still one of the... That's the first And that's a big black movie. and white. Black oh, and, and white yeah, with Henry great. Fonda. Yeah. And that's the one that catapults... Uh, takes That takes that Stuart Lake book, puts it on the screen with a big budget, it's John Ford, and all of a sudden, boom. That's when everybody knows. The, the book plus My Darling Clementine together... That's the yeah. one that made Wyatt Earp a household name. Yeah, and you, prior to this, Wild Bill Hickok, uh, Calamity Jane, those would have been the biggest names. That's exactly right, yeah, and yeah. a lot of that's because Especially you know, Hickok. Yeah, well, because a lot, mostly because of how he died. Yeah, that's right. that's the one that most people uh, remember.
1: Well, and Buffalo Bill Cody, the Wild West Buffalo, show. the yeah, Wild, Wild West, West, West Yes, yeah. that was a big, still a big deal. That was a way to have you know the spectacle of what. They thought correct. the West was.
0: But he was a showman and everybody knew him as showman and they he was revered. But it was it was a different animal. Uh, Earp brings a lawman edge.
1: Yeah.
0: That. They,
1: they, it, they were lawmen because they wanted to make money doing it.
0: That's correct. Again,
1: a, a political stepping stone to other things, a piece of the tax money. The Costner movie edge. makes
0: mention uh, when they get to Tombstone, uh, one of the wives, talk. Uh, actually the three wives come to talk to White and they say, here you are again. Uh, you came down here, and uh, the brothers do anything that you say, but here you are again, lawmen and bartenders. That's all you can do. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of, it's a really good moment yeah. to kind of get you this insight into, he's always chasing that next big thing. Sometimes he uses places up, too. Oh, yeah. Because it happened in Dodge City, uh, because he's the lawman there. Uh, he's not the sheriff at first. He eventually becomes that. Uh, and he's a hard ass. Costner plays him dead straight on. He is an absolute... Police brutality? White Harp invented that. Uh, because this place is a lawless town. It makes mention in the movie, they go from 10,000 uh, cattle a year to 100,000, just like overnight. And they need help. And he, he, he recruits his brothers and brings them in. And uh, all this stuff that's where he meets Doc Holliday is yeah. uh, during his travels through there. And basically,
1: if you mail Dov... Yeah, you, you. and in the in the least bit, or just you know, gave Wyatt any trouble. You were fortunate that it, his first compunction wasn't to shoot you. No, he, you, you he knew for, his first compunction was though to smack you over side of the head with his pistol. That's correct. He called it buffaloing. Mm-hmm. They would buffalo people. That's shown in Tombstone where he, he does it to one of the. McLaurry boys, I think it is. Well, he, he knocks did, him off the steps. Well,
0: he do, he also does it to uh, Curly Bill Brocius after he kills uh, Fred White. Fred Fred yeah. White, he, that's that's a that's trademark from him. Yes, yeah. I was, mean, was famous. That, for was, that
1: yeah. He does any kind of lip Whack. right over the side of the head. Ironically, with a
0: pistol. Wyatt Arp was never wounded ever, right. ever, not a single bullet, yeah. uh, and that's one of the, like you said. He's fortunate enough to have survived. survived in good health. You know his brother Morgan is literally assassinated, mm-hmm. and both movies show this very, very well. He's literally killed over a pool table uh, by the by the Clanton opposition as a revenge killing uh, against what had happened at the OK Corral, and that's very accurate. Although I will I will admit to you that I'm not a huge fan of. I like Bill Paxton. I think they they wussified Morgan Earp a lot in that movie. He gets annoying at times. And it's, it's not Bill Paxton's fault. That's how he was written. Morgan Earp was more of a thug than his brother ever was. Uh, Star Trek got him more accurate. The man who kills on sight, that was Morgan Earp. He was younger. I was wondering he was, if he was, when he was going to bring up the Star Trek episode that had the uh, Earps in it. Yeah, yeah, well, that was my first exposure to the, to what happened there. Uh, was was Spectre of a Gun from Star Trek? I mean, I was watching this very young, and it was you know that's how I learned about a lot of this. Well, that just goes
2: to show you how much uh, the story of the the gunfight at the OK Corral had become uh, part of the public consciousness. Yeah, that it was the setting for an
0: episode of Star Trek. Yeah, and it was trusting the audience not only would get it, but really get it. They yeah. they knew this they story. They understood
1: immediately what was going to yeah, happen. That's right,
0: because like I said, that that had the, of course you had the. Uh, with Hugh O'Brien you had a, a long running T V series called Wider, which man. had bore nothing nothing like the character at all. Yeah. Not not even not less of, much less the man, but the character really. It was it was very different. Yeah. But that name yeah. lived on. But there were you know, there was quite a few probably the biggest movie before the two that were done in the nineties was Burt Lancaster and Kirk Russell Gunfight at the OK Corral. Yeah. At which, ironically, DeForest Kelly Plays Morgan Earp, of all things. Yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, and he does he portrays him very differently. The real Earp, Morgan Earp, he yeah. was he was a thug, yeah. big time. Uh, he was the yeah. first guy to get in the, he was the one that would, you know, that yeah. would push for the violent actions. Why it was more of a, he was smart. He recognizes you can't go around summarily killing people if you wish to succeed. It's going to come term. back on you. It will come back yeah. on you. That's right. Wait, was, you
1: wait till you get pushed to the edge. That's right. Yeah. And you
0: do it in such a way. That you're covered. Wyatt was very clever. Morgan was far more hot-headed, and even though Virgil was older, and he was actually the sheriff of Tombstone. I mean, they show that yeah. in the movies that he's actually the lawman. The others are all deputies. Nevertheless, it was Wyatt they looked to. that's uh, yeah. just and that's a force of personality. He, that... Yeah,
1: he was a big personality, uh, and like I said, you know, yes, the the costume movie is probably a little more accurate. The Tombstone movie just sort of. Hints at a lot of things yeah. about
0: them. Yeah, they they they're never wrong. They don't ever contradict anything. Yeah, which I'm very glad. For the, other than uh, other than and, how wide is written. Yeah, and that's that's for the story reason. But you they, have to you know, have they, that tension. They
1: hint it. Well, they're just in it for the money, and they're these mining claims are they're acquiring them somewhat dubiously from drunk card players, and mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's how they and, and there's a couple of hints there about the women's backgrounds. And like Ike Clanton calls them all pimps. There's there's something to that. No, they can't right sanitized for Tombstone, uh, and they say, "Well, I wonder where met. he met." you know his wife and Virgil and Morgan say, "Well, the same place we met ours." Well, um, they were all pimps. They they had all done that. They they had all their,
0: worked with. Uh, well, it's real easy to stay in business when you're also the law. Yes, exactly. well thats exactly, that's exactly they're right. you know they they're they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're uh, managing not necessarily owning but managing brothels on the side which is yeah. very lucrative extremely lucrative yeah. uh, and that's where they meet the women they eventually marry and bring out a prostitution even Josephine Marcus herself who was wealthy she's of the Neiman Marcus family uh, she has a dubious background uh, that dabbled in that. Uh, well, she also point. had such a gambling habit. She probably needed the money. Well, that's now. exactly right. And so that's, that's where all this pain yeah. kind of came in it. She lobbied hard to control the narrative of Stuart Lake's book. And she wanted all uh, mention of Wyatt's common-law wife, the second wife, Maddie Blaylock, who appears in both movies, Yeah. Uh, Mary Winningham in the uh, Costner version. Uh, and I don't remember the actress's name. Dana worked, Nicholson, I think. Okay, who played her. Actually, I thought pretty well. Yeah, yes. that uh, she, uh, who herself committed suicide via drug overdose after the fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Jose- yeah, Maddie, not, Maddie, not not the actress. Yes. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, they, uh, Josephine, the real Josephine, Marcus Earp wanted all that expunged. It doesn't appear in the book. Yeah. But it comes back later. Yeah. And she actually wrote a book herself, I Married Wyatt Earp. By this time, that's, because she controls the narrative for a long, long time, but the data is out there. There were many witnesses to a lot of this stuff, and that's something historians have worked to piece it, it, together. It, right, it's
1: taking a lot of work to do. You got to dig through old property records and things like that in places like Illinois and Missouri and Iowa, well, yeah, because where they he, lived in sure. Kansas and all that stuff. Because
0: he, he, after the family moves west, he comes back east uh, because his grandfather is a judge in Missouri, and he's going to study the law and. The costume movie talks about this. It slows the movie down a lot, but it's real accurate. You know, yeah. he's, he he says no. He makes a comment that my grandfather says nobody's ever been a slower learner at the law than me. Now, that's probably true. That was not his. It was not his thing. Yeah. But he meets a girl, gorilla, uh, marries her, and she dies of typhoid. And it's a very dramatic moment. In the movie. Uh, it's very well played. But that that's the only movie that ever bothered to go into that. But that's the formative moment for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Because he recognizes death is very, very non-discriminating. And it can come at any time. And it's one of the reasons, I think, that he never feared it. Because that's one of the reasons he is able to go out and take on these unsavory elements with apparently no fear. Uh, And that's because he had learned that through that experience. And that's one of the things that the Costner movie really lays out. He really takes his turn towards that tough, hard-ass dark side after that and in Mm -hmm. fact when he meets Josephine Marcus later in Tombstone she kind of tell me about this tell me about Missouri Wyatt and that's when he explains to her that's what put him where he is it's brilliantly done again it's a long long movie uh, relatively speaking but really if you want to know Wyatt Earp that's my recommendation I've seen it a dozen times
2: so speaking of books isn't this
0: a recent book it is I thought I've seen that at Sam's I've almost picked that up a couple of times yes uh, my son gave that to me for Christmas uh, a year or two ago, he knows of my fascination with Wyatt Earp uh, and with the story. Uh, you, you'll have to read it uh, the, right there. Right. Martin. So,
1: um, in addition to Stuart Lake, again, 1931, you have that. It, one. It's been in
0: print ever since. Yeah. Uh, it's this it's one's still called standing.
1: Tombstone: The Earp Brothers, Doc Holliday, and the Vendetta Rad from Hell by Tom Clavin. And Clavin did that's
0: a sequel to Clavin's previous book, Dodge City, which tells that portion of their story. Yes. So he's put together all, claiming does a really great job of putting together the story of the people, the men, the complicated men that they were, yeah. and the crucible in where all these things happen. Uh, and like I say, you can go to Tombstone today, and of course it's a tourist trap, yes. because it's all about that. And it's
1: amazing. You can go to the O.K. Corral, you can see that it's become part of our consciousness. Yeah. And then for my bookshelf is Inventing Wyatt Earp, His Life and Many Legends, Alan Barra. Um, probably not one I would super recommend. I found it a, a touch unfocused. But uh, it, it is from post the films. Mm-hmm. So there there's some discussion in the films. Yeah, again, the Clayton book is too. There. It's written know. since those movies were Again, there. inventing is probably the right word. Because the, what we know of Wyatt Earp is, is hugely a myth. Correct. Again, they do anything for a buck from... It, to card chart to whatever. Fixing fights. Fixing fights. Well, yeah, or, and, that,
0: and that's, that is one of, uh, during Earp's lifetime, his reputation from the OK Corral, which he was still legendary for that event during his life, but he was accused of fixing a fight. I believe mm-hmm. it was in San Francisco. And it was a big fight. Yeah. And, and it was, was, was billed as the uh,
2: world championship fight. Oh, yeah. It was the most anticipated and, I uh, can't say most viewed because it wasn't television, but I mean, it was the most... Uh, uh, yeah,
0: uh, it was Evander Holyfield and Buster Douglas before it ever happened. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah.
0: And, and it was longer than that fight. Of course, most fights are longer than that fight. Yeah. Uh it. Um, but it, it, he's accused of fixing that, and that's that charge stuck. Pretty, I mean, reputationally, yeah. he took a huge hit with that, and he didn't. He never was wealthy. Never had money at all. He's constantly. He hires himself out in the twenties as a consultant to the movies to John Ford yeah, uh, and that's where uh, like I say Tom makes doing that's one of the reasons his fame got enough where Blake was saying let me bio you while he's living so, uh, yeah. and you know there, it's again it's not complete generally speaking it's still standard though uh, it's the one where everybody starts with uh, and we've learned a great deal since then guys I've been yakking most of this time and you knew I would because this is a that's okay we're just waiting <laughs> for you to take a breath I am breathing now. Uh, is it bourbon time? I think it'd be a good bourbon break right here, Captain. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I hate it when I captain sometimes, especially on something I know very well, like I do the life of herb because I'm just going to keep rolling, you guys. But you guys, but that's that. okay.
1: That's what makes
2: for an episode. And you guys are more than a well. Compliment. Let's us take a short nap uh, after sure. that big lunch we had.
1: Well, this is true. Uh, that's uh, true. You know, sometimes with Francis, though. He's, he's rolling off on something, and you got to kind of very gently batty back into.
0: That's true. You know, yeah.
1: So that's what I'm trying to make sure he doesn't go too far here. Well,
0: that's, that's right, because we, you know, Again, not much left to say. Yeah. A myth versus a real man. That's right. Well, I have some
2: observations that I want to yeah. talk about, which, you know, we're probably in territory that I usually bring us into, anyways.
0: Well, so. that's, that's fun. But, but perhaps we should bourbon first. Yes, bourbon we're first. Bourbon. All right. uh, I'm still Basil Haydening it. Yeah, uh, me too. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think that
1: makes it unanimous. I'm really
0: liking this neat. I mean, I like it uh, chilled as well. That's but... the way I've been drinking it lately, and you know, it's very satisfying. It's very satisfying, very flavorful. Way. Yeah, I yeah. like that, and it's it's something that I can, I can I can kick back with that, and uh, you know, I can either throw it back, and it doesn't, you know, it's nice, well, that's or a waste sip it. To just toss it back. Uh, that's a sipping bourbon. It's rare, but I will occasionally do that just because you know, especially if it's neat. You know, you're not worrying when you get to the bottom of the glass. You think, I'll just throw it back. That's usually how I finish it. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't feel like I'm getting the the dregs if it's watered down for whatever reason. Not that it is. I mean, that's part of the experience. It's a legitimate way of enjoying. Well, carbon. the ice and water, uh, you know, as we have discovered, brings out different flavors. Yes, yes, so, that's correct. So it's a it's a very yes. Uh, so
1: water accentuates different uh, parts of the profile. Yes. And the but, chill does as well. I mean, just it's amazing yeah. to me. As yeah. opposed
0: to any other mixing thing that you might consider, yes. that's, it's been done by. Yes, many. yes,
2: uh, we try to avoid that except with the very low shelf bourbons. That's correct. Yes. Well, you know, ahead. I...
1: It's just so good and mellow and smooth. Wonderful, woodsy character to it. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of the good maple syrup uh, to it, and mm, good stuff. Yeah. The thing I like uh, about this, you know,
2: one of the things that, uh, especially the, the lower end bourbons, uh, I think you find this more often, uh, but you often get almost uh, like an oily uh, mm-hmm. texture to them. Yep. Ah, And, and yes. th- that is definitely not the case with the finer bourbons, and you do not get that. Especially for the ones that have, I think, that uh, hit the mouth a little more. This is not like that, because you do get a nice bit in the mouth uh, yeah, as we well, yeah. all yeah. the way down. And you don't get that. Uh, it, it's just very fine. Very fine stuff. Loving it. Love it. You had a comment, sir. Yes. So, uh, what were we talking about again? I lost track of... Oh, yes. It was Wyatt. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> we've talked about this uh, somewhat in uh, context when we were talking about Westerns. Because mm-hmm. uh, obviously, you know, we are covering a little bit of the same ground there. Yeah, yeah, right. You... And, you know, one of the things that we brought out in the Westerns episode was how... Uh, the whole move to the West, all of the stuff that went on, all the gunfights and all of that, uh, is very much an outgrowth of the Civil War. Yeah, an extension of it. Uh, and it's also an example of what happens when you don't know what to do with all of those veterans. Who, mm-hmm. as you, you've talked about, Martin, and I think when we talked about uh, this in the Western episode, was, you know, they were, uh, it was all PTSD, Right? Like, not all, but it was a good deal that went yeah, on before they knew do, what it was. Yeah,
1: what do you do with all these excess killers? Yeah, right. you've oh, trained... s- let's send them home. Yeah,
2: that doesn't really work. Yeah. And I think what you see with uh, the ERPS, even with, with Wyatt, even though he does not serve in the Union Army, he still is infected with this same uh, oh, yeah. mentality. And you often see, uh, I believe this is accurate, and if I'm wrong, I, I apologize, but I believe this is an accurate observation. But you will often see this restlessness uh, and this this having to move on to the next thing uh, with many that have PTSD because they're trying to get away from it. And you could probably argue that for all he went through, he could have had his own form of PTSD. Oh,
0: I I would say looking back on that, I'm sure I think you couldn't have lived that in in that violent life. That violent life. You're exactly right. Even though uh, he himself was never wounded. Uh, his time as a lawman particularly in Dodge City uh, with his hard ass hard ass approach to things uh, yeah, there's no question yeah. he's, he's I mean, acting that out. That is a
1: part of Tombstone that's accurate. He tells Morgan, hey I've only ever been mixed up in one shooting in all those years working those cow towns. And that's, that's exactly and just right. One. Up until up until Tombstone you know, again, his preference was when he had a chance he would just hit you over the head with something. That's correct. I mean, Rather he, than, was, he was, was not going to leave street nope. and shoot
0: you like in a movie. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Lethal force was not something that was going on because there were consequences to that. Yeah. And he knew that. And that's why I say Wyatt was smarter than your average bear here. Uh, and he, that's one of the reasons he was so successful at what he did. Uh, and in Dodge City, they paid you, most of your salary came from your number of arrests. They pay you a very meager salary and so much for each arrest. Well, you know, come on. Well, when you, you think? paid by the ticket? You're right. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah. And of course, he's going to do that when you've got hundred thousand head of cattle coming in this place, and all that goes with that. And these guys, you know,
2: it's yeah, there's hard going hard to do. be
0: plenty of opportunities to
2: arrest
1: people. It was a was hard weird. life. I mean, yeah, that that was. Goal, being on the trail, uh, pushing those cattle up from Texas up to the railhead in Kansas, it that, it was rough. I mean, there's yeah. no kidding. It's weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of just. All day on the horse, and collapsing into the brush at night, and getting back up and doing it over again. Yep, exactly. And those, it was, and and they weren't usually called cowboys. No, Um, cowboys really was at that time used for wrestlers. Right. That that was when you called somebody a cowboy, you were basically calling them a crook. Right. Uh, you know, which is one of the reasons you are a ranch hand or something like that. Yeah. Um, which is one of the reasons that the, that the, uh,
0: the syndicate, the group, uh, in Tombstone, they took that name. Yeah, well, they're, saying, they're, kind of, they're trying to legitimize themselves, saying, we really are this. Watch out. I mean, it said that, uh, God bless Powers Booth, may he rest in peace, fantastic actor who played Bill Brocious so very right. well. He says, next time we come, you better step aside. That's exactly what that whole group was about. They yeah. had established that the villainy of that organization very clearly in that movie for scene in. Yeah. Uh, but, you
2: know, this, I, I just find this whole thing fascinating how his life is, is such a great illustration of this, you know, almost every generation that goes to war <clears throat> uh, it becomes its own kind of lost generation. Mm-hmm. Because they often don't know what to do afterwards. Yeah. And you very much see this with what goes on in the West. And his life in particular is so indicative of that. Mm-hmm. When you look at all the things he did, all the contradictory things that he did. Yes. You know, uh, for, He's a lawman who manages brothels and marries a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And you know, then marries uh, uh, later a, uh, a woman who may or may not have been a prostitute, but certainly had her own issues. Right. She she, she had a history, that's for sure. Yeah. And it was not you know genteel society. Exactly. Well, yes. I mean, you know, this is still a time when an actress was not uh, necessarily the most uh, uh, well-respected job a woman could have. I mean, it wasn't quite as bad as in the uh, the you know the medieval times or even. Uh, pre-colonial times, where they were literally actors, actresses, and prostitutes. That's right. That was part of the deal. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it wasn't nearly that bad. Although she seems maybe to have taken it to heart. I don't know. Uh, it was but still. It was, was said she was. Yeah. At one point. You know, this whole restlessness, this uh, this whole idea of trying to figure out what you are and who you are, uh, is to me is kind of interesting uh, because in a way it kind of mirrors some of what was going on. Uh, with the country at this time because you know after the civil war uh you know grant this all takes place after mm-hmm. uh, reconstruction for the most part right uh, just just prior
0: to that yeah just, just after that exactly yeah, yeah so
2: cause... but you know he he he's come into his formative years during that mm-hmm. uh, when the country's still trying to figure out how to be a country again and i think that had to have had an effect on yeah. all of these guys
1: I, it's almost like with him or with the family um, if we can just make some money, that'll cure this, right? It'll cure That's this. Right. It's, it's what's inside of us. We don't know what it is, but money ought to fix it, right? right.
2: Which is not an uncommon thing. Yeah. And as we as we all know, that it, 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 money does not fix anything. It just magnifies what you already are. Right. And I but, mean, it can fix a lot of things. When you're talking about yourself, yeah, uh, it, it does not help you.
0: It doesn't fix what's inside of you. Exactly. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons that uh, he he continued on and on and on. And the legend, we're the beneficiaries of learning the legend because of that's get another attempt at getting some money. Uh, his wife realized, you know, this legend you have, this image you have, we can make money on that now.
2: Right. Because mm-hmm. I'm really getting tired of going out to the mine every summer. Yeah. Uh, and and working it because that's literally what they did at the end of his life. Yeah. When they were when they finally settled in L.A., you know, he spent the summers. Working the mines, and then the winters. He was in LA uh, uh, doing things for the police, or then later uh, consulting with uh, the movie industry. Yeah, you're talking to his, you know, in his you know 50s, 60s, and 70s. You know, right. So, things. and you know, yeah. working the mines, whether you're just you know managing people doing it, or if you're doing it yourself, either way, that's still hard work. So, I'm sure, and considering how much they moved around, it's kind of interesting that they finally stayed in one place that long, because that was the only because once they finally bought a house together. They never really moved on from that uh, until after he died, I guess. Mm. Uh, But, you know, that's just interesting how constantly on the move. That just says to me, you're searching for something and you're not finding it. Not finding
0: it. Earp had a uh, reluctance for relationships with two great exceptions in his life committed relationships committed relationships. You're right. Well, uh, bearing in mind, he has his family. In his yes. brothers. That, so that's, he comes with that. So he's not in as much need of it as you might imagine. He's not a lonely person at all. He's very social. But he has two great relationships in life, one of which is his wife, his third and final wife, Josephine Marcus. They were married for 46 years. Right. It says at the end of Tombstone, uh, for all that time, they never left each other's side. That's pretty much true. Well. They were they were together. They were, actually, there were some periods, uh, like when he was
2: in Alaska, she left, came back to San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's some other periods in some of my reading, but for the most part, yes, they were together. Yeah, yeah and so uh, they
1: they did view themselves as uh, I mean, a team is probably not the right word, but they they, it's they good that aspect. They, it, they right. felt like they were in life together, yeah, right. In a way that maybe he did not feel with, say, Maddie. right? So, uh, and uh, were,
0: but of course, the one man we hardly mention here is Doc Holliday. Holliday, well, yeah, because it's about Wyatt. Well, uh, that's correct, uh, and we could do a whole episode probably on Dotcom. Oh, we almost should, but you know, it, we'd just sit here quoting his uh, lines from Tombstone. That's right. <laughs> and, and, and in many respects, Val Kilmer mm. doesn't do the character a favor. He does it justice. My God, yes, but he doesn't do it a favor because that's he does such such a great job. Nobody can ever top that. Dennis Quaid. If you watch that movie, the the Costner movie with Dennis Quaid, he is. Doc Holliday. He lost an enormous amount of weight for that movie. Uh, he nails that character. If you read, it, and there, and Holliday's life was documented, much of which by Earp himself, because John Holliday dies at the age of thirty-six. Yeah. You know, he dies in the eighteen-eighties. For goodness' sakes. right? So Wyatt, you know, wrote about him. That was one of his ways of making money, and it also. You know, yeah, his, the, the, the
1: scene in, in Tombstone. He hands him the book, my friend Doc Holliday. That's right, and that's and he wrote that. Really, he, he tried writing and newspapering and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, uh, to make a money. And, and so, and Holliday was in many respects
0: the darker version. Yeah, uh, even though Wyatt Earp was very dark himself, it's one of the reasons they were such good friends. But they had a friendship bond that served. That's one of the few consistencies in every portrayal, every movie portrayal. That you always link to that friendship between these two guys, and that's a powerful statement, right there. It really is. Uh, Holiday was dying of tuberculosis, he was very much a killer, he had no fear of death, just like Wag didn't, but for different reasons. Because you know, he for him that's an end it's to around, the suffering,
1: it's around the corner, anyway.
0: That's right, you know, so so who cares? Uh, if, if you wrong me, I will, you know, literally gut you. It shows the scene, uh. Uh, at the beginning with Ed Bailey, where he takes a knife out. Well, that really happened. It's documented. He he literally eviscerated Bailey over a card game. Uh, And his reputation would precede him, because he was was a, you know... He says, Dennis Quaid portrays him so well, when he first meets Wyatt, he says, I'm a sporting man, I'm not a killer. Which is, of course, stating that, (laughs) yes, I really am, but I'm trying to get over that, and I'm working through that, and for whatever reason.
1: uh, yeah. uh, what made them friends is kind of it's still a little bit of a mystery, but early on they had met yep. uh, before Tombstone. They really did. Oh, very much so. And for some reason, Holiday backed Wyatt in some kind of you know standoff type situation uh-huh. where Wyatt was in 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 deep doo doo. Yeah. Uh, but Holiday backed him. Yep. And from that point on, they were they were buds and they yeah. were always but back each other. Th- they
0: met each other and the, the coster movie does a pretty good job of showing that moment because you really want that moment. When yeah. these two great, historically known, great friends meet and it was uh, when Wyatt was actually doing some uh, private uh, investigative work because he'd lost his job in Tombstone. I mean, in, uh, in Dodge City. Yeah. Uh, and they end up working together to share a reward about a guy named Dave Rudabaugh. And they just talk and it's kind of like uh, Holiday sees I don't have any friends. He says that in the movie. Yeah. And, you know, do you believe in friendship? Which is a little bit of conceit but it's kind of like they recognize kindred spirits in each other. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, there's a lot of similarity between the two. That's exactly
2: it. Um, Granted, this is just going by what I see on screen more so than any any real research but um, presuming it's as you say they don't uh, get anything wrong, you know, if they don't portray anything right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, fully. Uh, yeah. You see, I think uh, Doc has accepted the kind of man, at least in the movie, mm-hmm. the kind of man that he is, which is uh, very flawed. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, I love in the end how he
0: and the good father are exploring the mysteries of Rome together. Well, And he makes mention in, uh, at the end of Tombstone, when he's in the bed, about how he had an affair with his cousin. That yes. actually did happen. I mean, that was the love of his life, that, right? The only she, woman he ever loved, and yeah. she she literally because she was his cousin. First, you know, she she left and went to a nunnery, and uh, literally, and that was one of the reasons that he he kind of left Georgia originally. And of course, the tuberculosis because he had a, you know dental practice, moderately successful uh, in Griffin, Georgia, where he was from, and eventually it was the tuberculosis that got him and it said you know if you want to live you need to get out west to the dry climate and that's and along the way he you know he gave up dentistry and began gambling because you know screw this you know, i'm going to die tomorrow as far as he knew and that's kind of building up right built a of course telling a big nose cape. that's correct uh, who did not have because there's pictures of her her big nose means that she keeps sticking her big nose into things uh, <laughs> that's 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 what she and it says yeah. so in the uh, isabella rossellini plays her Oh, in the Costner movie, and she does a great, wow. fantastic job. Oh, she's a beautiful Isabella woman. Rossellini from that time period. Yeah, she's a, she's a beautiful oh. woman, gorgeous. Yeah. And in, in, in fact, when she when when uh, Dennis Quaid and her ride into Tombstone, into Dodge City, because Wyatt's there, and it's a good gambling town, and they know that, so they you know it's kind of like yeah, I got it in here. I know a guy. You know, I know a guy. yeah I know uh, a she, guy. yeah, and, and he introduces her as Kate Elder. Which there's some debate. Her name may have been Kate Fisher, but we're not real sure. But that's what they decided on. Well, the I lady. mean, yeah, so you're Katie Elder. Yeah. Yeah. Your, Your name was
1: one thing in one town, and then when you got into trouble, you went to another town and changed well, that's it. That's exactly right. And it's not so, like you had a driver's license to prove it. That's, that's right. right. So, so, so that's Brighton. kind of where. Right. a birth
0: certificate or a social and
1: security a, number.
0: And she <laughs> says, "Call me Big Nose <laughs> Kate," and of course. They all look at her. She goes, "No, it's not that big. It's all there's. All sorts of reasons somebody gets a name, which she seems this uh, wonderfully, you know, decent person. Although you know she was prostitute, we know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But her and, and she may have been the devil. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's the. Then, then again,
1: you may be the Antichrist. Well, that's right. Uh, well, she
0: comes across more of a sycophant to Wyatt. I mean, to to Doc. In the movie Tombstone, she, she does. She's, yes, she's really not. And Isabella Rossellini and uh, and Dennis Quaid they have a knockdown drag out, and he beats the snot out of her, and she's about to shoot him, and Wyatt comes in. She's you know you know no you're not shooting anybody today, Kate. And that's very true. They they had a very tempestuous relationship. It's
1: cut out of Tombstone. They did shoot the, a scene where they had a bad fight and a breakup before the Vendetta ride. Right, and that's all like, that. Why while, are you leaving me to go get killed with Wyatt? Basically. That's part of it, and but
0: they had back and forth constantly.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and of course, you know, John Holiday, he didn't care. He has no human compassion to speak of, uh, because he's dying. You yeah. know, it's so and it was a long, slow death. He had tuberculosis for probably a decade, and it it shows. Eventually, after the vendetta ends, he has to go to the sanitarium in Glenwood Springs, Colorado, which they show that piece in, uh, in yeah. Tombstone. They don't in Wide Earth. And it's kind of like
1: this is it. And, but they, they had that amazing yeah. friendship with each other. So real quick, I want to do this to you again. So Robert and I have kind of been on the sort of skeptic side of this. Like, like we get the myth, but he's not... A you know, hero is maybe a little strong for the two of us. Yeah, well, you know... Uh, I think
2: for me, Wyatt Earp is one of those guys that falls into the people you should know aspect of yeah. this this segment of our show. Yes, <clears throat> just uh, like Nietzsche is one of those ones you should know, but he's yeah. no hero. It's yeah. not a mine. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. and we didn't. I don't think we did Nietzsche as a hero. We just did a lot of quotes didn't we? Uh well we, we, we did a history episode. We did a history episode. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah
2: sometimes the history and the, the, the hero ones kind of conflate because yeah, they're Yeah, they get similar. Yeah.
1: But it's right. So we kinda we batted that around of yeah, he's interesting, the myth is something. Uh the these stories are you know but Francis here put him on a schedule. As, a hero, I mean, as a hero. as a hero. I so I'm going to ask you the same question I ask you a lot of times when you put people on. Why the hell did you pick this guy? Well, yeah. Why is he a hero to you? Because he's flawed. I believe
0: heroes. I do not like the Marble Man. You know, as interesting. The, yes. I do not like that. I like the real life heroes who do great things or greatly known things, and yet retain their complexity. And you cannot study and read about Whiter without understanding this man was deeply flawed. Oh, yeah. So, well, then I still have to ask the follow-up. What
2: heroic things did he do? Because that was part of what your definition was. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. uh,
0: Because he became a legend. That's all it needed. Well, The the gunfight the OK Corral... Lots of criminals criminals
1: become legends. That's right. right. John Dillinger's a legend. That Mm -hmm. didn't make him a hero. Jesse James is a legend. Well, yeah, you know, but... And Earp's not far from James. I mean, they're they're separated by one's a union man, one's a confederate that's part of it and, and one also
2: lived and one did well no, i don't didn't. i don't know that uh that Earp ever robbed any banks but no know, exactly then that, like that. that. see
0: that's there is a you know there might be immoral questions about him oh, oh definitely that's yeah, not a might yeah. that's right but legally so i mean he's never on the wrong Well, i don't want to say never because you know he uh he's there's a he steals a horse in arkansas and almost gets hung for it he has to, his father has to get him out and uh there was serious question about whether he murdered uh the guys, uh, the Clantons, uh, as
1: part either as part of the vendetta afterwards or at the OK Corral. Yeah, I mean the vendetta riot is very loosely legalized, but the idea of him being some kind of U.S. marshal, you know, his his remit as a marshal would have been to go arrest them. That's right, and, and they didn't. I mean, yeah, know, they they just didn't, just there wasn't much of a gunfight into a lot of those. I mean, they just out and out just shot anybody they thought was involved in Morgan's murder.
0: That's correct, um, and the the sheer badassery of that yeah that's there's part of that yeah. is even though yeah it's uh, he 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 badassed his way out won the day and lived to tell about it and see, sometimes that's just enough. I don't know see, the reason I don't put him on that that that
2: he, you know strictly in the hero column yeah uh, is that if you were if you were truly just the Wyatt Earp of Tombstone mm-hmm. yeah. I could go with that, you know, because he seems to be, other than, you know, leaving his, his wife who was addicted for the actress, um, which I still, you know, I think that, that's a huge mark against him. Um, but, you know, for there, he's shown, for the most part, to be a fairly heroic
0: guy. Because yes, he's it, going after the obvious bad guys. Well, uh, guy. Kurt Russell just idolizes him. And he wore that mustache, and still does, quite often. And if you, he'll do interviews It's with an epic that. mustache. It really it, it is. And it Kurt Russell epic. pulls it off. I mean, and if you see the photos of Wyatt Earp, uh, of which there are most of the ones yeah. that's the most famous I mean, one. It has that big...
1: cover one from this Alan Barr book that looks that's, a ton like Russell. That's the right? one.
0: So it's on the on the Lake book as well. That That is... And in fact, Russell has even gone back and shown side-by-sides of himself trying sure. to recreate that. So it, it was a truly amazing connection that they had. Right, but, but my point though is that that movie is
2: only one small segment of the rest of the life. Right. And the rest of the life...
0: Has a lot of dubious bits.
1: It's yeah, a lot more ambiguous. And, uh... Uh, it
0: is, and that's one of the reasons I prefer the Costner movie uh, because it does not shy away from his flaws. But it also goes to the extent, and I talked about this a little bit, of explaining why. And it's a fascinating character study to realize how somebody can be so wounded by their uh, upbringing family of origin world they created in. And, and rise to notoriety, perhaps not all that uh, glorious. Well, it was glorious. There's no doubt about that. It was Gowron-type glorious. Yeah. Uh, well, Gowron-type glorious is not necessarily real glory. Well, that's, I mean, that's good. But that, that,
2: that's where the legend yeah. come from. And well, but I'm again, that's... me about
0: that legend. You
2: know, not to... Because to, I'm not arguing whether or not he is you know, with you because that's, that's not my point. Uh, but to me, it's just... What's noble there? Yeah, no, there's uh, yeah. I, see, I'm to me, in. a hero needs to have some bit of nobility. Uh, yes, he's going to be flawed because we're all human. Yeah, uh, and it is the overcoming one's flaws uh, that is often what is heroic. I don't see Wyatt Earp doing a whole lot of the overcoming of his flaws. No, he uh, which is him what quite keeps often. me from putting him on the pedestal.
1: Yeah. So what we're saying here is that you and I need to look over the schedule more closely when Francis starts putting people up. I think that's exactly the takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely up to you guys, of course. We eat all. Oh, well, well, that, was, you... that was so harsh. Yeah, it I was. Feel, after he fed us all this great food, yeah. I feel oh. feel bad now. But, was hard, but he teed it up
2: for you so well. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just go well, have to
1: watch it more closely. Well here. he
0: bumped it. I did the set, you spiked it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm truly of a belief that he is a person that we should know. And if you yes, I absolutely that, I agree with that. Right. I agree with that. Like I said,
1: I agree with that he is the people yes. we should know aspect of this, yeah. this segment. And for somebody yeah. like us, the snakes and otters and what we're about, demythologizing him is important.
0: Fortunately, you know the, the data is there. Yeah. It's been done. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but in, in, in people's minds, it's not uh, right. They because yeah. if you ask people who remember the movies, they don't remember Costner's version. They remember Kurt Russell's. It did. Right. It did
1: much better uh, box office. It, it, it hung on on cable. with the story yeah, is it so much faster of, of TMT. Yeah. Uh, uh, which in many respects is but like, kind and, of a shame because was a ton of great performances. I mean, you know, Stephen Lang. Sam Elliott, all, all super, super, super duper. Uh, The Val Kilmer performance is Billy Bob Thornton is probably the highlight of his career. I mean, everybody says that was pretty much Kilmer's finest. Yeah, best he's ever performed. So yeah, um, it's
0: it's both are great movies. Uh, You should uh, listeners, you should give the Costner version a watch. Uh, This was. Not far after Dances with Wolves, so this was kind of like his return to that Western genre that he had proved he could do so well, and still would. I mean, he did several Westerns after that. uh, And he nails it. He absolutely nails that character. If uh, If Tombstone had not happened... He would be the quintessential portrayal, but they competed, competed with each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which was kind of like uh, several years after that, when the
2: two asteroids going to hit the Earth movie, Deep came Impact and Armageddon. That's yes, right. It came and, out basically the same and, time. Yeah,
0: that's right. And one person says, uh, one studio is, decides to make it, and another one hears about, it, say, okay, well, let, we can do that quicker and and better. Uh, and usually, the cheaper one gets to the box office first, and it just. It is what it is. Uh, and, ironically enough, of, uh,
2: Armageddon has two alumni from Wyatt Earp Stories, Billy Bob and Bruce Willis.
0: That is correct. That's nice. exactly right. I love Billy Bob Thornton, by the way. Lo- yes. He's, he's, yes, adult, he's excellent. Yeah. Hell of an actor. If you haven't seen Goliath, on uh, you should watch that show. It's on, uh, on Amazon Prime. It's really good. So what's next, man? We're going to shift gears. We're going pop culture next time. And uh, Robert's taking command. He's going to sit in the captain's chair and again, I say this all the time. I can't believe it took us this long to get here. We're going Looney Tunes, folks. <laughs> this was a part of our growing up. Uh, oh, yes. And it's, uh, they've fallen out of use in many ways. We'll talk a lot about why, how that happened. Uh, they are very much uh, emblematic of the times in which they were created, which is not always a good thing. But many of them are also hella good. We're going to try and... Well, you won't shy away from the bad, but we're going to try and frame them in. These were pretty cool stuff anyway. So join us.
1: Hope you enjoyed another pointless discussion of eternal questions. Remember, new episodes publish every Friday at noon Eastern. Spread the word. We're on all the
2: major podcast platforms and leave us a comment or review because that helps others find us. We're
0: on Instagram, Twitter, as well as our website, snakesandotters.com. I'm Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Join us next week, same snake time, same otter channel.